0: This is the Fearless Launching Show. I'm your host, Anne Samoilov. Today, we're speaking to Christopher Carter, and you'll hear me call him KC because that's how I, how we roll here. Um, but. Christopher is the founder of This Epic Life, a training organization for conscious leadership which has created a daily meditation practice for thousands of people. He is also the creator of the Four Permissions framework which guides his coaching of Fortune 100 executive leaders at Amazon, AT&T, EXP Realty, Edward Jones, and many, many more. Casey is also a professional songwriter, a TEDx speaker, and international retreat leader. Ah, He lives in Akron, Ohio, and he's got an amazing family uh, that I feel so honored that I was able to meet um, over the past few years. So Casey has been on our podcast in the past, but this time we're talking about his brand new book, permission to glow and I am so excited about this. Uh, We're still in pre-order so get in while things are really still gearing up and so you can really get the full casey experience all right so let's dive in we get some behind the scenes of the launch we get some what the book is about and we get some practical things that you can take away from this even if you're not launching a book even if you're not writing a book but really it's just how to move into whatever space you're in as a leader, and Casey really is such a great example of this. All right, uh, I'll see you on the other side, I'm so excited. And we're gonna join this mid-conversation because of like some weird Zoom hiccup. So you'll see, we just get right into it. Okay, I'll see you over there. The Fearless Launching Show was created to answer the question, how can I launch my big idea to the world in the most simple, straightforward way possible? and reach more of the right people. I'm your host, Ann Samoylov, and I've been helping six and seven figure business owners launch for over a decade. And while I love geeking out about improving launches, new launch strategies, what's working, what's not working, I'm also obsessed with exploring the heart, the mind, the challenges of running your own business. And that's what we're gonna do each and every week. I want to show you how to launch that course or coaching program or other creative work and navigate the journey of being an online entrepreneur. So if you're ready for some new perspectives, some new stories around launching, well, I can't wait to share those with you. Let's get into today's episode. Casey, since we've met, and I think there's another podcast I'm going to, because you were on one other time and I'm going to link over to that one. Our meeting was so funny and I was so awkward and so weird. And I was just like, what is happening? Who is this person who's just like talking to me, you know, at WDS or something way back in the day. Right. So if you want to know that origin story, you can go over there. But today we're going to focus on permission to glow and really talk about how this book came about and a little bit of the process that you're going through now. I don't want to get too ahead of where you are because you know, yeah. launches can be kind of surprises, right? We want things to kind of be a little bit of a like, oh, it's a party. Yay. This is happening. You know? Yeah. Oh
1: God. I'm, I'm totally in the thick of it. And and what comes up for me as you mention it is that I'm trying my best to launch this book in alignment with the book itself, with each of these four permissions. And people might, from the outside, might think that there's just this, uh, you know, kind of um, audacity to the launch of just pushing lots of things out, which which is part of my way. That's how I like to do things. But there's so much else under the hood in terms of feeling and chilling out and waiting and watching what the book is asking of me. Uh, so there's a strategy, but then there's also a willingness to completely, you know, pivot the strategy on a dime to to do something else that it needs. So yeah, I'm I'm totally in the thick of all that at the moment.
0: Well, I love that. So why don't you just tell us about like, first of all, a little bit about who you are, but more about like what what is permission to glow really about at its core?
1: Yeah. Well, permission to glow is, is kind of the summation of all of my work so far as an executive coach and as a meditation teacher and is also a conscious parent, you know, just trying to pay attention to how I think the world works and what the world is asking of us today in this crazy age that we live in so much distraction, so much noise, so much division, so much, so much, uh, harrowing, you know, threats and uncertainty and, um, I got this idea over the last maybe eight years to start organizing into these four permissions, the permission to chill, the permission to feel all the feels, permission to glow in the dark, which is why most people hire a coach in the first place. I was always a performer like you, I was a musician growing up. And um, that permission to glow in the dark was always part of who I was, you know, just as a performer, and then permission to glow in the light, which is to organize uh, with one another and stop competing and start collaborating. And um, it's one of these things that is the idea kind of took root over the last five years. It reorganized my brand, it reorganized my work. I could honestly say it's the work that chose me. And it seems to be this kind of division point, this chapter break between being a fortune 100 executive coach, which I'm really proud to have grown my business into I coach leaders of places like Amazon, Avery Dennison AT&T, into um, kind of a spiritual teacher, and there's no manual or guide on how to do this, you know, you just have that ever present voice in your head like am I out of, li- out of line, am I in line with truth and it's, uh, it's been this really you know, fascinating experiment on how to kind of live these teachings while also teaching others. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. at the core, that's what the book is, is the four permissions, Permission to Glow. It's called a, a Spiritual Guide to Epic Leadership. I never knew it would be my work to take spiritual concepts into corporate America. Truly, that's the work that chose me. And um, the the book is fun because it's wrapped in a lot of humor and 1980s pop culture references. There's a lot of sugar to help the medicine go down. But make no mistake, I truly feel this is the medicine the world needs right now. Yeah. And it's targeted towards uh, corporate leaders who you know could hopefully impact you know tens of thousands of other families.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, one thing I was thinking about is that you know we tend to just look at those the corporate kind of leadership as leader leaders, but for some reason online, we don't really look at ourselves as leaders. So, but I do think we can actually really learn a lot by diving into that world and saying, how can I bring some of this to this world? Because I am like, and when I'm thinking about people who are launching things and that's just kind of where I'm at, like when people have the idea and they want to get it out to the world, it's that moment where you choose to you choose to, or are called to be a leader, but you have to, you have to.
1: I'm, I'm so, so glad almost. you, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I have to tackle that head on in the very opening of the book is that, you know, purpose-driven living st- encourages others to step forward. And that in itself is leadership. So whether you're talking about thought leadership or where you, whether you're talking about, you know, influencing the neighbor who wakes you up every day with the damn leaf blower, that is leadership. You don't it's not having a bunch of direct reports is not a prerequisite for leadership. It's not a job title. It is what's being asked of us to to positively influence the world around us. so so, yeah, i'm I'm so glad you hit on that early.
0: yeah, I mean the 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 thing too, like I feel like and, and again, I'm going to say like, even if like you, like once you read the book, definitely just keep an eye on what Casey's doing because like leader, you know, Casey, you are very extroverted and in a lot of ways, but even so on a lot of the interviews that I've seen and a lot of the stuff around the launch, like I said, I, I don't feel like that. I don't necessarily feel like y- I feel like what you're showing is another side to that, and that it doesn't yeah. all have to be fanfare and this and that <laughs> right. and being out there, Thank God. <laughs> but it's also about the, ser- like, this is a yeah. serious message in a way because it can impact all of us, and but at, at the same time, make no mistake, KC knows how to, you know, like, make lighten things up.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well if, if you think back to, um, you know, we, we spent some time together in a lot of Jonathan Field's Uh, programs and and events. We we worked on the first uh, Camp Good Life project back in 2014, and it ran for five years. And I was kind of the de facto spirit captain head counselor of that, like an MC. And I got to use that really performative aspect to kind of call people forward, call people out of their shell and really make everybody feel included. And that was a beautiful gift to do that. However, I was also leading morning meditation every day at six in the morning, and that's probably a bigger part of who I am. And it was always a a challenge in my personal brand because people, people would run into me and say, wow, your brother is so chill. I sat through his meditation and it was really deep and whatever. And I'm like, what do you mean? My brother, my brother's not, Oh my, Oh my God. They don't even know that I'm this. It's the same person. Right. So, so yeah, I, I do take this work really seriously, but I also use that permission to glow in the dark thing, that performative aspect to get people's attention, to make them come out to play. And um, yeah, it's, it's something worth noting, but I, I would say in terms of the launch so far and kind of pushing this out to the world, it's brought up way, way, way more of my internal, struggles, fears, apprehension, resistance, just to pushing out, just to push out something that's so, you know, creatively um, ambitious, but also spiritually connected. You know, who am I to do this? I'm always asking that same imposter question that everybody has. Every coach, every person, every thought leader has it. And uh, so all the more reason to take it seriously, while also sometimes just throwing everything off and say, screw it, I'm going to have fun.
0: So when did you you know, like you're talking about calling this idea and this message out, but when did you, if you were to look back in time, when were you first kind of like rolling this around? Like, you know, this could be kind of like this thing. Like, when did you first start thinking about it? Because I, and the reason why I'm asking you is not to just like figure out your creative process, but I think that it goes to show people who maybe are like, yeah, I want to write a book that it's not a it's not like a month long thing. And then we're done. Yeah, right. You know, there, there are, there's time before that, that where you might be noodling the idea.
1: Well, like a lot of my heroes, you know, I mentioned Jonathan Fields, Charlie Gilkey, another great coach and friend who's become a coworker. Um, they, they told you like, when you tell some of your heroes, the first time like, hey, like, Hey, I'm writing a book. A lot of them will say, Oh, you don't want to write a book. No, don't, please don't do not do this to yourself, you know? And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I got a book in me. I got like 50 books in me. You don't know me. And, uh, but, but the fact is they're trying to spare you from the enormity of the work it takes to just chisel down something that's, that's worth writing a book about. And I'm not in, in no way trying to discourage anyone from doing it. It is a beautiful process. You should do it. You will do it. However, what you pointed to, I think is really important. Like I, I kind of grew up on a lot of personal development stuff I love Stephen Covey and the seven habits of highly effective people I love Don um, Miguel Ruiz and the four agreements, all of these frameworks that help us understand life on earth, you know, I always wanted to make my own dent in the universe with a framework. And this framework started taking shape maybe six or seven years ago I started using the phrase permission to glow in the dark. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. I just started using it. And at the same time, I started uh, launching uh, meditation programs for the company I worked for. And it was represented by the pause button, which is like what became permission to chill. And then, uh, as recent as maybe three years ago, in my coach's training, I was discovering permission to feel all the feels as access to our full humanity. So I had these three permissions. And then my friend, you know, she was my Shiro, then became my friend, Ani DeFranco. She brought up the idea like, what if there's just a fourth permission of like permission to glow in the light? I'm like, oh shit, now I got to figure out what that is. And it became this like deep exploration. So by the time I sat down to write the book, you know, during the pandemic, no more excuses, time to write a book. I had to really uncover what each of these meant and why they work together as a unified framework. So it was that constant showing up and discovery, but yeah, you're looking at maybe six or seven years of just like some deeper exploration around it until I really felt like I had, you know, the framework together.
0: Yeah. So I guess, I guess what that can kind of say to somebody else is it's okay that if you've had an idea for years, so that that's sometimes what it actually takes is that there might yeah. be multiple kind of things kind of starting to line up. And then you'll get to a point where you'll be like, okay, time to write, you know? Well,
1: I, I love I, I love sharing the creative process. I'm a total nerd about it as a songwriter. And I mean, you have guys like Paul Simon or Leonard Cohen, you know, hallelujah, this song that's overplayed that everyone loves and appreciated appreciates. It took him 12 years to write that song. 12 years, you know, putting it down, picking it up, chiseling, chiseling, polishing, polishing. He wrote hundreds of verses for that song. And I mean, it truly is like scripture level craft, you know, and I'm not saying my book is by any stretch, but I'm saying I, I did figure out along the way, the patience it takes to put something down, pick it back up and also refine it into something that I think is, helpful. You know, I mean, I, I also um, I think I've mentioned this to you when we nerded out on books, but Michael Bungay Stanier, I think is a great example. He wrote the coaching oh, right. habit. Yeah. Th- this is a phenomenal book. It's 27,000 words. He took four and a half years to write this book. It could have easily been a hundred thousand word textbook on coaching, but he was so generous. It was like the Mark Twain quote. If I would have had more time, I would, I would have written you a shorter letter. He chiseled that sucker down to 27,000 words and he yeah. became kind of a blueprint for me, I probably wrote 80,000 words to get to the 30,000 that are in the final book, because it's, you know, you got to think about how this is received by busy people.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm actually just kind of like, I'm like, whoa, going in my head about this, because we are so, I think, especially online entrepreneurs, we've been like, okay, everything's so fast. It's so easy. There's no gatekeepers, but it's not about having a gatekeeper as a if you're writing a book, it's really making sure that you are in that chiseling process. And sometimes, you know, I, I think, and this is for myself, just, I'm like, okay, my uh, book proposal's done, and this is done. And I'm like, all ready to like, check, 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 check wow. things off. And I've had to like, fully kind of slow myself down because of just various reasons related to the book. And what I'm just seeing is just like, it's because I have this expectation that it's easy. It's not a blog post, friends. It's not a blog post. It's not even an ebook. It's not even a course. You can put up a course in a weekend. That's not what this is. Yeah. You might be able to create those things after you've created the book. And that will make it easy if you want easier to do that stuff. But I think that um, people definitely, the patience aspect is something that I'm realizing is necessary.
1: It's funny because I, in the beginning, I I shared this, uh, this, concept of frenemies these are like the shadow sides of each of the four permissions and the shadow character of permission to chill is speedy rabbit so what you described as speedy rabbit like we want to fast forward to having the finished book and having it be done and check off the list and all that stuff and that's great and and trust me when you get into the world of publishing you start realizing so many people can buy their way into being a huge author buy your way under the bestseller list buy yourself a the best ghost writers buy yourself the best publisher whatever you want if you got the money you'll have the book. However, creatively, I wanted the book to transform me as a person and I want the book to transform readers. So it's a longer road. It's a harder road. It's a little bit more crazy making road. And I think a helpful question is always like each day as you're showing up to it, it's like, what does the book want from me today? Maybe it just needs me to write 500 crappy words that might ultimately turn into 50 good words. If you're lucky, it's like a meditation practice, right? (laughs) Or you know, sometimes the book will say, I need you to drop all this other stuff and focus on this to, to get the word out about me and, and just staying in tune with what the book is asking of you, I think is a really interesting process because it is bigger than any of those other things you mentioned. It's a, it's something that can live on. It's something that a woman can walk into a bookstore a hundred years from now and trip over and it could change her life. Like it has nothing to do with you today. It has nothing to do with the money it's going to make you or what's going to do for your brand. It has everything to do with what it can do in the future. And, um, you know, without, at the risk of making that sound overly big or too, you know, high stakes, I, I think it does deserve some respect.
0: That yeah process. I do too. I I love that. So um I as I'm looking at my questions, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're so gonna need to talk about, like we're gonna have to do like a post-launch debrief kind oh of oh my thing. god, we could
1: we could set them up. We're definitely gonna to do that, too. but
0: yeah. I wanna ask you want to like it's not really shifting gears because they're still talking about the book here, but I want to know you started talking about like the website and re yeah. kind of tooling the brand. For me, when I think of that, I'm like, oh, that's him actually working on the launch. Other people might think that's not the launch, but right. really, you were really kind of thinking about what, how things were going to potentially yeah. roll out and realize, okay, I need to get my website and the brand like where it needs to be. like. When yeah. did you start that process and how? what did you work on?
1: Yeah, so like literally last summer sometime you ran that workshop with Amelia and I, I, I showed up to it, I asked a bunch of questions. I was just really geeked out about Elementor and moving towards a more modular system of my website. I, and I've designed websites for years, and it's never been easier to get something beautiful that works well and performs than it is right now. You know, you just have to w- be willing to slow down to speed up. So yours was like the knock over the head, like slow down, get it into a system and a framework that works better than just like coding a bunch of widgets and garbage band-aids in the background. So I started I started working on that early this year. And, you know, God kind of forced my hand because I I did the worst thing. And I hired a uh I hired a a a dude on Fiverr way overseas. And I paid some crazy, stupid low budget and he melted down my entire website. Like I went on the website one day and it looked like a carnival, like 12 years of my work that was just reduced to ash basically. And I was like Oh, wow. Sign from God. You know, so I put up like a coming soon page and then I freaked the hell out for a while. I'm like, how am I going to rebuild from nothing, you know? And then I'm like, no, this is a chance to work it into Elementor. And so I, I hired another developer for a much higher budget. Um, Not crazy though, maybe like 3,500 bucks versus I probably got a 15 or $20,000 website for 3,500 bucks. I had him convert everything to to Elementor. And then I spent maybe three and a half or four weeks just kind of retooling the entire site into just a more beautiful thing. And I think it points to something you were driving at, which is the book and the brand and the impending launch of the book was starting to reorganize my entire brand and my messaging. And And down to my mission of my company, how I position my services, getting my wife on board as a fellow coach with me. I mean, all of these things happened from that kind of, uh, inflection point of like, Oh, right. This is not the the site that got me this far is not going to be the site that's going to support this book.
0: Yeah. I remember actually, um, I remember us chatting. This was after I was here in Florida. So I know it was like after March sometime, maybe it was in the summer where we were talking about it. And I recall you saying something too, about, I feel like the, the kind of overhaul of the website, it needed to obviously happen after Fiverr melted it down. By the way, I always tell people Fiverr's great for standalone things where people don't log into your stuff.
1: Yes. Right.
0: Like if you want to give them editing graphics, but also double check to make sure they're not using somebody else's stuff. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's true. Anyways. A little sketchy out there. Yep.
0: It can be very sketchy. Or as my daughter would say, it's very sus.
1: Very sus. Yeah. I know what sus means. Suspect.
0: Yeah. yeah, I know. I love, love how she says that. Like, I don't yeah. know what sus means. But anyway, <laughs> right. so like, I know what it means, sis. Okay. Oh my God. Anyway. Did, I, did
1: I just dad explain that to you? Of course you know what that means.
0: No, but it was so funny <laughs> when she said that. And like, the thing is, I just use the word sis. I never say that word. But yeah. it's like, because I call her sister, even though All she's right. my daughter. But anyways, anyways. Anyways, um, we were talking about like the kind of reason for even... Like, what were you going to kind of, how is the book's kind of presence going to be used moving forward? And I think that because it kind of came from a lot of like the different things you were doing, like the coaching, it's kind of like putting your life's work together.
1: It's the integration. Yeah. Integration of everything.
0: And then putting it out and then ongoing, it's going to be this calling card in a lot of ways. It's going to be this thing that people are going to be like, oh, I want to, I might want to hire this guy. Let me grab his book. Let me just see what that's about. Or, you know what? We're going to do this team retreat. Let's get, let's get all the books. He's going to teach it. Great. Awesome. So like, I think that you had like, kind of like the bigger view too, beyond the launch.
1: Yeah. You know, it it was starting to come into, I mean, let's be honest. Entrepreneurship is crazy making and it's a wild adventure and we're (sighs) all, we're all kind of forest gumping it. You know, there's, there's a little bit of a strategy, but there's a whole lot of miracles and there's a whole lot of if you pay attention and if you meditate just even a tiny bit, you get clonked on the head, be like, you better pay attention to this because we just want to <laughs> keep our head down and generate those dollar bills. Right. So, you know, you planted that seed with that workshop and the four permissions were kind of already starting. They're like yoga, they start reorganizing your life, you know, and it was reorganiz- reorganizing my brand. And it did become one of those things like if, you know, not everybody can afford to hire me as a coach or, or, you know, like I can't scale my time in a way that I could be everybody's coach. So a book can go out ahead of me and become an FAQ. It could become a calling card. It could be, you know, a manual on how to apply these principles. So it was becoming all of those things. And I kept that top of mind as I was developing the book with my publisher. I kept interviewing all of my clients constantly focus grouping. Is this helpful? Is this helpful? What would be more helpful? chisel, like from the design down to the content, all these things. And on the other, on the other side of that, you know, sausage grinder, you know, now like looking at launch and realizing like, oh yeah, it has become all those things. And even if God forbid, I sell zero copies of this thing, no attachment to how it performs whatsoever it has reorganized and clarified my brand in such a powerful way that'll pay massive returns and it already has. Like my workshop rate has quadrupled because it's so focused and powerful because of the book process. So, you know, again, you know, not, not to say that it's, you know, fun or easy, but everybody should write a book for that reason, that it's yeah. a great clarifying process.
0: Yeah, I love that. So you mentioned the, the company that you're working with, like what role do they play? I yeah. mean, I kind of already know this, but I'm yeah. asking you to, to kind of answer sure. like, what role do they play? How did you, how did you choose to work with them? What did you, yeah. what happened? Yeah. Tell me so about
1: that. Uh, she, she's referring to Anne's referring to page two books, and I'm a huge fan of page two books. Like the actual books they produce are just flipping gorgeous. I mentioned one of them, the coaching habit, the coaching habit, by the way, has sold over 1.1 million copies. Okay. Just take that in for a second. Most 95 or 96% of books sell 4,000 copies or less. And this book is self-published and has sold $1.1 million. So he's pulling, you know, 11 or $12 per book versus the $1 or whatever, $2 off of a traditional wow. publisher. So like wrap your head around that. And then there's the keynotes and the, you know, six and seven figure con- um. Client contracts that come from that level of notoriety. So, like, I've just been blown away by how Michael Stanyard did that. And page two is kind of key to that because they are they're a hybrid publishing partner. Uh, The the publisher, I'm sorry, the author invests in their fee up front. So unlike a traditional publisher, will say, hey, we'll give you twenty or fifty grand or whatever advance to you know produce a book. I didn't want to take the time up front. This was my speedy rabbit. I didn't want to take the time of like writing a proposal, pitching a book, adding another year to year and a half of the process before I could then start writing. I I wanted to go now. And page two is still selective over what they'll work with and what they'll support. And there's a whole application process. And I thought it was a long shot. They had had not done any spiritual books. And I submitted it to Glow as a concept. And the owner got back to me right away. And she said, this sounds really, really fun. You know, what, what can we do to to do this together and, um, So I ended up just being all throughout the process, completely blown away by their level. First of all, they're all Canadian, So they're way nicer than we are for starters. (laughs) Second is, uh, their level of design is just phenomenal. Like the, the editing informs the design, the design informs the editing. It's this constant iterative polishing, beautiful process that just results in a stunning book. And all of my friends who have published through page two have just created phenomenal books. Uh, Susan Pivers, a teacher and right. a friend of mine, the uh, the Four Noble Truths is a page two book. Um, the um, did Charlie. This... Uh, Charlie Gilkey did sounds true. He did traditional publishing, but all of my traditional publishing friends had their own challenges with their publisher. You know, there's no guarantee that a publisher is going to keep working on it the week past launch. And page two has just been super supportive. It's like, yes, I did invest that money up front. However, the recouping of that money has been such a no brainer in terms of a business asset for, you know, for the business going forward. And it still leaves the door open for the book to get picked up by other distributors and, and all this other stuff. So I couldn't be happier with them. I have already told them that I'm going to continue on making this the first of a five book series. I'm going to write a book for each of the four permissions, and I'm going to get started on the fr- the second book here in the next few months.
0: Well, that's exciting. I mean, I love that. And and I we talked about this in terms of um, a company I was thinking about working with, but decided not to And really it came down to like the the way, and this is why a website is so important and like your body of work and how that is displayed. And you, there's something that you can on a cellular cellular level really tell about companies approaches just by looking at how they do their work. And so for me, that company was essentially a no after I spoke to you, I like had such clarity about that. And I was just like, oh. you know, yes, this is a speedy rabbit, but it's almost like hire slowly, fire quickly. So yeah. I, I had to do it quickly because I just knew that it wasn't the right kind of fit that other company. And yeah. um, not to say that they are bad people or anything like that, but it just wasn't. It just
1: might not get you the result you're looking for. And, and the process might be really painful. I mean, I, I did talk to, you know, I shopped PR firms around this book. I, I use a, I settled on a great PR firm that I've been super happy with. Oh,
0: that's great. That's great
1: publicity. They've been great. But like a lot of the conventional wisdom is like publishers are difficult. Um, PR teams don't get the results, you know, you're still going to be miserable and in the hole for money. Like there's like so many contexts that people bring to the world of publishing. Yeah. And my discovery has been like, okay you know, if you go on page two site, their body of work is undeniable. Every book is stunningly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Every book is a book you want to pick up and read, even if it's not something you're Absolutely. interested in. And I'm yeah. like, well, that says something. And then I started understanding, you know, the, the level of work. I mean, let, let, let's be straight. It was a lot of work with them. Like I, I did maybe 15 passes of the book. I read through the manuscript 15 times after rewriting it, how many other times to get it to the level that, you know they work too. However, on the other side of that, I'm much more pleased with and proud. and hopefully it'll be something that has some uh, you know longevity that I don't need to update every couple of years.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, and I think that I mean, that's that that that's what it's about is 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 knowing that they're gonna push you to be your best, that you're not like part of some like just let's just crank things out and all right. that. and and so I love that. So, you know, We'll see. We'll,
1: we'll see. see. Well, I'm, and, and, and I think get it, to them. and I think like the the core thing for me was, and this gets into launching, is that the asset itself, regardless of the numbers and who attaches to it and who endorses it, all this stuff, it's like you have to be so confident in the quality of that piece. And that will inform every other piece of the marketing campaign. Like there's no better marketing campaign than to have something that's undeniably badass that one leader wants to pass to another leader and say, you should check this out. This is pretty sweet. And when I think of the coaching habit, I have probably personally sold maybe 3,000 copies of that for Michael Because it's so easy to pass on to my clients, you know, they've they've bought it for all employees, like I've done workshops on it, because he wrote something that's a pleasure to pass along. And that was my goal was to just try to make something that's like easy to say, hey, you should check this out. And then my my prayer is that the rest of it will take care of itself. I'll stay inspired to work on the launching and being the carnival barker that you need to be sometimes. And, And also that other people will as well.
0: You need to create um, one for, for the, you know, for all four books, you need to create like the box set by the way. Oh, totally.
1: Well, that was my dream. Like my, uh, my, uh, my son's nightstand is my old uh, set of the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe series. Oh yeah. And when I see all those together in one book like that, Uh, C.S. Lewis created those in a six-year period. And I'm like, those are so badass. And time tested them. They became movies. Harry Potter, of course. And I thought, yeah, there's a power in a series that I wouldn't have time to uncover in one book. I wouldn't want to distill that down to just one book. I'd want to expand on it. So yeah, that's the goal. It's like a big-ass box set.
0: I love that. I love that. So can you share just a few things? Because like I said, I don't want to give away what's happening like- after this period yep. of time, but like what, what are some of the other things besides your website, besides like, I feel like upping your visibility on yeah. social media and just just being more there, more yes. intentional. Like what are some other pre-launch, pre, pre-launch things that you've been doing like yep to get people- you know, excited, yeah, people bored. Yeah. Well,
1: probably the biggest one. I, I started planting seeds. We start realizing about launching. It, it's all about like delayed fireworks or these planting seeds that end up blooming later. So you better start farming your ass off early, is what I was telling myself. And I was coming up against these, you know, psychological walls. Like you have to switch gears between being a creative writer. And then a tactical launcher, it's a totally different mindset, but, but a lot of times during the year leading up, they're overlapping. So what I was starting to do was to org, I organized a group of people called the circuit board. This was the group of maybe 50 or 60 kind of my diehard readers, followers really invested in my work. We'd get together every four to six weeks on zoom, just a free call. I just host it and just kind of gather their insight, bring them up to speed on here's what I'm thinking for ideas and, and just watching their energy. If they were Pumped about something, I would do it if they were not, if they were lukewarm on it I'd say, okay, that was just a dumb idea. So they started informing a lot of that launch strategy, you know, will there be a book tour? Can we do that in the pandemic? And there is, I'm going to do a book tour. And what I started doing because I'm a self-publisher, a first-time author, I started putting all of my chips onto pre-order launch, knowing that that would give me a month advance ahead of pub date. So my pub date's October 5th, my pre-order launch was September 7th. I, I've started pushing all my chips towards that big launch to make sure I had a, a sweet book trailer, a beautiful website, shareable tools, media kit, media happening. I'm probably about 35 or 40 podcast interviews in. And wow. those will all start hammering out now in the pre-order window, which is great because the pre-orders start greasing that the, the engine that really makes the most uh, impact, which is the freaking algorithm at Amazon the algorithm decides it's like the claws, our master, it, you know, it's like <laughs> who decides who stays and who will go. I mean, if you want a successful book into the future, the algorithm needs to know that you're important, you know? Yeah. So I thought sure. I'm going to start hammering that algorithm with pre-orders. And then as pub date comes, like all of these, uh like the long tail of media and all these things. So, you know, I'm always in my head telling myself I'm not doing enough. Believe it or not, like always.
0: Well, you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot, and I think that, like, if you as long as you keep saying, "Am I doing enough? What else can I do?"
1: Yeah, well, what is then? It's better than
0: you know, better than saying I'm not doing enough because, like, of course, there's something else you could do. But I think as long as you're challenging challenging yourself, like, okay, what have I done today? What what am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing? You know, like just keep asking.
1: Well, it, it, yeah, it's it's a great, great point, point. and you're you're an amazing launch coach for this reason. This is why I always bring you into the fold early because mm-hmm. we worked on Jonathan's stuff together, like for review and, and camp. Oh
0: yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I always run those ideas by you because it's so easy. Anything that anything connected to the internet feels like you're shoveling in fricking quick stand. You never have enough followers. <laughs> you never have the right followers that so-and-so has. And you're always comparing numbers and crap and you know what m- numbers matter. And I've always been in more of a quant- uh, qualitative game than a quantitative game. As a coach, I'm more in the influence game than I am in the numbers game so far. And I, and mm-hmm. I do think this book is showing signs of, 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 you know, mobilizing a bigger following and bigger reach. And that that's great, but I didn't, I, I wanted to stop like just hammering myself for not having, you know, the right number of followers of from course. which from which to launch from, you know, you always you always yeah. have this number, of, oh yeah, it'll be great. I want to have 10,000 followers before I do this. And then, cause that'll mean this. And it's like, yeah, it might, or you can just spend all your time creating something beautiful that matters. And then start mobilizing your network. And that's right. I have I have been really blessed to, to attract a, a pretty solid network, yourself included. You know, John, being on Jonathan's podcast for Good Life Project has always been a dream. That's happening this week. There's, you know, just tapping your network in a way that makes it. You know, I, I've been putting those uh, deposits into the karmic piggy bank for many years. So when it comes time to ask, I am leaving no favor unasked. I, I am like literally I saying. It. Hey, are you willing to help? How are you willing to help? What? Are yeah, you willing lean to do? on
0: these people. Lean on, lean on all these seeds you've planted, and like you know, I think that anybody who's been impacted in any way by you, like it, it wasn't even a question. I was like, I kept, I kept asking myself, well, when are you going to yeah. have KC on the podcast? When are you going to start? Like, I was challenged because so I know I'm not the only one.
1: Yeah, okay. well, it's it's so. And it's really beautiful that this is how the, this is one of the beautiful parts of your internet friends. You know, my wife always makes fun of me. Like all oh, your friends are in the internet. Do you even know them in real life? It's like, yeah, I met Anne at a conference once. No, I'm just kidding. We've, we've met in person.
0: We've met, I saw your daughter perform in LA.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. There's that was the so highlight many... of
0: Mila's, Mila's whole game has changed since then.
1: Oh, that's so great. Her yeah.
0: style game has changed up. She was like, Yeah.
1: Elliot Carter is a force of nature. Elliot's dreams are all coming true at the same time. Mine are. So like she's signing a big management deal. She's playing at festivals. They opened up for Kesha's. uh, They opened up Kesha's stage a couple weeks ago at a festival. It's ridiculous. Um, But anyway, she, um, the thing that reminds me is like, you have these internet friends and The beautiful part about it is it is based on reciprocity and service. And if you are truly generous and truly just care about their thing, like I've been such a massive fan of Jonathan's work and Susan Piver's work and your work, like truly for so many years, it's my pleasure to promote what's going on or to, to let exactly. people know like you, you're launching something. You need to talk to Ann, or you're doing this. You need to talk to, you know, whatever. Yeah. So so people love to repay that when the stars align for you. So it's not, it wasn't done as like a strategy. It was done from pure love. And now it's like, yeah. oh my God, I get to actually ask for something that, you know, I'm pushing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, So you've got, I'm sure you've got tons of, uh, podcast interviews scheduled now for this next month. You're going to keep mobilizing, keep bringing people into the pre-order fold, yeah. beat that um, Amazon algorithm, as you yeah. say, push on it.
1: Massage um, it. Yeah, grease those wheels for sure.
0: Is there anything that you wish that you had done this year that you don't think you're going to be able to do for this book, but you know, in yeah. like, is there something you kind of, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do that next time.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's a great question. I mean, one of them is, you know, for a book really early, there's a fork in the road. And the, one of the forks is to, to sell the book into trade and trade is where you do like hardbound books that could go into airports and Barnes and Noble and all the physical mm-hmm. retailers, or you could do print on demand strategy. I decided to do print on demand strategy, partly because we're coming out of a pandemic and a lot of friends that did the Trade route last year, we're sitting on pallets of books that they need to pay return freight on. I mean, it's expensive and painful to do that. So I thought I'm going to stay very agile. I'm going to do all print on demand strategy. And I'm I there's been times where I you know like coming you know not still not knowing exactly what the pandemic is doing. Would I like to have this book in airports for executives to pick up while they're traveling? Totally. And I probably will absolutely go that route with the next book. Um, And you know, I I always, I would always recommend to anybody always be in the game of building your list. I mean, I I have created beautiful lead magnets. I have, you know, massaged that, but like where the time is best spent and I could have spent more time would be in promoting those lead magnets because just with a little promotion and probably some Facebook ads and nominal budget, it could have been easily building a larger list than I have right now. However, rather than lamenting the size of my list, I'm super excited about the level of engagement on my list. It mm-hmm. has something like a 70% open rate. It has wow. like, it's a highly engaged, it's small and mighty. It's like a Spartan army. And um, <laughs> th- that matters to me. But, you know, at the same time, you know, we always want to be in that game of, of growth. Uh,
0: I love that. I love that. Um, I think all, all of those, I would probably say the same thing. Like a lot of the things you've said, I would apply to any launch, honestly. Yeah. And I think that I, I think that the book definitely has has had some kind of the book and this whole process has had, had such an impact on you. I mean, I can see it, Casey. Like I can see like there's this all there was like all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, this is serious. This is who serious. is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to yeah. do this. this is a, that I was just like so excited um, for that. And so anyways, I just love everything um, that you shared. I, I do want to, I'm going to talk to you after this about yep. secret launch stuff um, when we stop recording, but I also want to just tell anybody who hasn't already kind of done like a little Google search while they're listening to go to epiclife.com forward slash book. Yeah, and pre-order the book. Check out there's some pre-order.
1: Yeah, there's super fun pre-order packages, which I'm really really excited about. A lot of surprise guests and just fun art and posters. We created these. Uh, I'll show these to Anne really quick because um, just just to get your reaction. But. I wanted to do everything like super 80s style so i created stickers for people's trapper keepers
0: oh my gosh i love it
1: it's all like unicorns and lightning bolts and yoga and but i i wanted to make the 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 launch process kind of like an art project so there's lots of stickers and just fun creative art uh i hired a a guy a, a friend of mine who's an artist at marvel comics to draw the interior of the book so it's a lot of comic book aesthetic and, um, so, see, so to me, like that was psyching myself up to do the long, hard work of marketing a book. Cause it's not just the week it comes out. It's like marriage. It's yeah. two to three years to get it, to get legs. So you have to stay interested. You have to stay invested. You have to stay in love with the project. And so a lot of this was trying to get myself, you know, get myself like really bought into making this a 36 month pro, uh, process.
0: Yeah, I love that. And uh, I I have to tell you, like somebody once called me the human trapper keeper. So every single time I see <laughs> you show your trapper keeper, I'm like, why am I the human trapper keeper? Just because I would always like recall details or information about things. I think them. it's I'm a compliment like, yes. of the
1: highest order. Trapper I'm keepers just like, are sexy, first of all. <laughs>
0: I'm like, I love trapper keepers. And I actually, before I even spoke to Casey this morning, I had on several different 80s uh, you know, playlists, just so I could- yeah kind of get into the mood, listen to some culture clubs, some aha, all that kind of stuff, heart. Well, heart's a little, you know, 70s, 80s, but. Yeah,
1: but I mean, uh, like, how can I get you alone? The the 80s epic heart songs really stand on their own. But yeah, I I did this, I don't know where this 80s thing, I mean, I know exactly where it comes from. I, I grew up as a latchkey kid, Gen X, 80s all the way. And I wanted to pass along some of the best parts of our pop culture to this next generation of leaders. Yeah. And one of my leaders, Benjamin, who's I've worked with for three years, he's a CEO in New York. He said, uh, he said, every Friday we meet and it's like I get guitar lessons. And I'm like, dude, that's like the best compliment I've ever got. I don't know exactly <laughs> what it means, but a guitar is like this synthesizer guitar that you see in the 80s. They're usually bright red. And I'm like, I want the book to feel like freaking guitar lessons, you know.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. I love yeah. that so much. I- Actually, I almost, like, literally, I almost had a heart attack last night when I was watching VMAs because yeah. Madonna came out, but right. it was a little bit bizarre, I'm not gonna lie, yes. but I was just like, oh, oh, oh Madonna.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, she comes out to Vogue, right, like, I read about it today, I didn't yeah. see Yeah, I was like,
0: she's not gonna sing, is she?
1: <laughs> no, she wouldn't, she wouldn't be that brave, I don't
0: think. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyways, Casey, you know I love you, man, and oh uh, it's been so it's fun. been a pleasure watching just this whole process, and I can't wait to get the book, get my hands on it.
1: Oh and my gosh, yeah. I, mean, I love I love nerding out on launch stuff, and any if it serves your community in any way, I'm always. Uh, I'm always happy to stop by any of the forums you do to share what works and what doesn't. I'm an open book with this stuff. It's all a bunch of experiments, and yeah. I could I, I'll show real time proof of what's working or failing um, because it's all just a big game. You know, you just have to play it it like a game, and you're it's you're, you're so going to win by doing the thing. Um, but um, yeah, I love what you do, and thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, you're, you're very welcome. And I am excited to get this out to everybody. If you have, again, I want to give that link again, thisepiclife.com forward slash book. And just where, where should they come and chat with you if they want to be like, Hey, over on like Instagram, is that the yeah. best place?
1: Yeah, it, I can be found anywhere at this epic life. Um, you could DM me on Instagram um, permission to glow book is the Instagram handle permission is the same thing as this epic slash book. And yeah, we're creating all these just fun ways to connect. And I'm also doing a book tour. People could uh, register via, via text to the book tour. And surprisingly, I'm coming to a lot of cities. So, um, Are
0: you coming? Do you have any Florida dates?
1: Well, everybody, every, every smart American knows to avoid Florida at all costs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: I pretend that I'm not here. I'm not lying.
1: <laughs> uh, d- Governor DeSantis with his big Grim Reaper sickle. Like, come on down to the, you know, the Sunshine State. Come on down,
0: we're not gonna protect (laughs) your children.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Sorry. But uh, you no, know, I do love Florida. I have some teammates in St. Augustine. I, I do plan to make it down there, probably not until after the first of the year. I'm focusing on uh, the Midwest and uh, the East Coast for this first leg, and then I'll make it out to Chicago and down to DC. But but, um, but yeah, it's thisepiclife.com tour. And yeah, just please say hello anywhere. I'm, I'm, I love making new allies through the process and I'm happy to answer any questions you have about the book or the launch, anything.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Casey.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to check out Casey's book, Permission to Glow, all you have to do to find out all about the pre-order bonuses that he's got going on and just get to know him a bit more and maybe even check out his meditation resources, head to thisepiclife.com. I think you can go to thisepiclife.com forward slash book and, or you could just look up permission to glow and you'll find him. Um, I really hope that you take a moment now to connect with him on his site, meet him over on Instagram. He's just such an amazing force and you, I mean, you're, you're really, your life, your business will be forever changed um, once you meet him and get to know what he's all about. I hope you have a great week and we'll see you back here next week. Take care. Bye-bye.